0: Listeners are advised. This podcast contains coarse language, themes of an adult nature, and inappropriate thoughts about boy bands. Oh. And inappropriate thoughts by boy bands, motherfucker.
1: Well, Zoe Linkson, I hey. think.
0: Oh, sorry, you had more to say. I thought you we were just gonna <laughs> say my name and then I'd say your name and we'd be done. Just start again. Start again. Come on. Well, I was gonna start with it's gone up. <laughs> Oh, happy May, everyone. Yeah, happy May. <laughs> That's a weird
1: way of doing it. Welcome. I'm Amy Long. This is my co host. <laughs>
0: what are you going to say? This is my partner <laughs> in crime uh, Zoe Linkson. Um, coming to you on a beautiful sunny day in England. We're going to have another one of those years where it's just one massive long heatwave, wave, isn't it? I mean, it's like my my four summer outfits are going to be on such my problem with work is five day a week at work. Sorry, I re- your problem with work is what? <laughs> it exists. <laughs> so you work five days a week. I really only have four summer outfits that I like. So when it's hot for a long time, mm. the rotation and that's just too frequent. Mm-hmm. It's It stresses me out.
1: Yeah, I agree. I don't. I'm not a fan of. Summer outfits. I like winter. <laughs> Cover up. That's right? That's best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you wear jeans to work? I would wear what I like. Oh. As long as I don't have meetings.
0: I tend not to wear jeans to work mm. unless I'm on a late shift and I have to walk up the dark alley on the way home.
1: I tend not to wear jeans at the to weekend. work because I look fat in jeans. Oh, see, I'm most
0: comfortable in jeans. Are you oh, saying no. I look fat? No. I always
1: wear jeans. I feel fat and uncomfortable in jeans. I prefer a dress.
0: Okay. Mm. I was looking for nice summery dresses for tour. Mm. Like just to have some new, fresh bits in my wardrobe that people haven't seen every tour and every cruise for the past six years. Yes. And I there's a very thin, I tweeted this today, there's a very thin line, isn't there, between what looks like a lovely, sophisticated, flowy mm. summer dress. Mm. <laughs> and what looks like you've bought it at a festival because you'd run out of clean clothes <laughs> and it smells.
1: Yes. And also, it's very hard to know when you see a dress on a size six model. You go, oh, "That's lovely."
0: Mm. Did you see the picture I did of that? There was a really lovely long, no, kind of. Not, it's not even a gypsy skirt. It was this beautiful long summery skirt, mm. but it was very long. And I was like, it "Looks fine on her. On me, it's going to be like Princess Drop Die's wedding dress. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be me, that and then true. seventy foot of trail <laughs> behind it."
1: Yeah. So this is the uh, Summer Girl Problems. Yep,
0: Summer Fat Girl Problems. Mm-hmm. job Rub. Let's, should we talk about Chub Rub? Oh. Skip over Chub mm. Rub. <laughs> so you started off with our little NSYNC tribute today because we're going to talk about Reunions. reunions we keep
1: reuniting these boy bands as you all know because we won't stop talking about it (laughs)
0: so we wanted to think people believe in our powers or is it just us
1: no everyone's believing in it we're getting tweets requesting other boy (laughs) bands they want us to get back together
0: my problem with this is if we then mention those boy bands on air Mm -hmm. what what if they reunite and we're not happy about it Mm. i'm happy to use the powers but only for good yes who don't you want to reunite Oh, there's a question. <laughs> I'd have to look at the list of boy bands mm. and, and do black marks against them. I don't really find black any... marks. I don't really find any boy bands massively offensive. Offensive. No, I but don't. But some of them I would roll my eyes at. i be like, oh, oh, you're pushing your luck, mate. Like, you had your two, three boy band years. Mm-hmm. And I need to cut you off. Yeah. Bye-bye. <laughs> bye. bye. <laughs> <laughs> boy bands, we do want to reunite. Oh, sync, obviously. Obviously. I and mean, they're pretty much there. We don't care about the Justin in do we? Did we have this chat on air yet? I think
1: yeah. we... I don't remember. We it was only have. three days ago
0: that we recorded last week's yeah, episode.
1: we're building up towards the tours that we're going to be vacant on. So we're recording a lot and... I haven't edited last the last
0: episode yet, yeah. so I can't remember what we said. But obviously, as we're recording, look, we're also sitting around with each other, just chatting shit a lot. So it's mm. remembering whether or not we've said it to you guys to or to just each other. <laughs> so yeah, what we need is a secretary to follow the two of us around, making shorthand notes. That's what the dogs for Elvis. He's your notes? He's asleep. <laughs> he doesn't care. So, I'd like to point out that Elvis is asleep on my knee, because when I come around I'm his best buddy. He does
1: it to all the visitors, but <laughs> he makes them all feel special, so it's fine. Um, oh. Sorry. <laughs> everyone always goes, oh my god, he really, really likes me. And I'm like, yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we don't care if Justin's
0: involved in the Insync reunion, basically. It's not, it's not a don't care, it's mm. a... It, It's not necessary, is it? Like they will be just as successful or do just as an amazing a show Mm. without Justin. Yeah, he's not. Everyone looks upon this. Oh, Justin's the most successful one to come out of Mm. NSYNC. They couldn't possibly reunite without him. He's the one with talent. Look at him and look how famous he is. And actually, no. Just to give a
1: direct comparison, Robbie Williams was the most successful one to come out of Take That as well. And I know it's a little bit different because Gary wrote pretty much all of Take That songs. So there was always two kind of leaders. Although I've seen the jokes about JC and how he's been waiting for this moment to really shine (laughs) because Justin's not there. But, you know, Robbie was. He went off, had his amazing career and Take That reformed without him
0: and... Have surpassed him. Yeah, Considerably, <laughs> and they oh, I love Robbie. That's really mean. <laughs> but they have though their reunion has been. I think if, when you look at all boy band reunions mm. that have happened, mm. theirs has probably been the most successful. Yeah. When you look at the whole aspect of it, so Nuke's we like Nuka sell out arenas as well. Yeah. No and denying stadiums. that. Both
1: of them do stadiums yeah, too. But
0: when you look at chart success, mm. take that as still having hits in albums really more than singles but yes but they're still having stuff that makes it and new kids are releasing new music but without that and take that stuff will get played on the radio it's very rare Mm. to hear a new kid song on the radio yeah new and old stuff yeah to the point where the new kids on the block uk facebook group Get excited if they hit when Radio Two play the right stuff, there'll be a post about it because yeah. it happens so rarely. It happens in Australia too when they hit <laughs> that stuff. They go, it wasn't even back for good. They were playing
1: Relight My Fire in Coles. I'm like, nice. <laughs>
0: oh yeah, there's also there's a lot of people in the American nukes Facebook groups so that would be like, I was in Target mm. and they started mm. playing X, you know, Dirty Dog. Yeah, oh.
1: yeah, good time It is
0: very exciting to hear your boy band anywhere. I think. I think so too. Well, you're not expecting it. It's out of the blue. You're like, I, was,
1: I was out for a drink the other night with my friend Susie, who I've been to see Take That With before, but I wouldn't call her a massive boy band fan. And um, we were sat in the pub and suddenly Shame came on, which is a duet between Robbie and Gary that they did a few years ago. And I went, oh, it's my boyfriend. <laughs> it's, so, it's so pathetic. It's like, oh my God, it's my boyfriend. Listen to my boyfriend. He sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you do. Even people like me who think who shame other people for doing that, I still do it.
0: So yeah, I think it's, it's boy bands out of context, isn't it? Like it's, you're oh, in a situation yeah. where you're not expecting yes. it, and you're sort of like yeah, oh, and it's just a little bit of a frisson of delight, really. Mm. That it's mm. it's happening. Good word. What well, delight? No oh, frisson.
1: I thought you said. <laughs> So I thought you said something else <laughs> <laughs>
0: what
1: did you think did you say fistle? frisson frisson oh that's what I thought you said <laughs> okay. okay good good moving on so yeah how did you feel when you I know we've touched on this previously but how did you feel when your boy band reunited I and how long had it been tell the people who don't know so
0: John fell off the horse in 1994 right
1: this is a bullshit story isn't it yeah you're right okay what What actually oh no we know we can't talk about that okay
0: he left. Yeah, the and they carried was he on. Fell off a horse. They carried on, <laughs> and they released the Face the Music album. Mm. No, was he on Face the Music? I really don't care enough to remember. Yeah. Mm. But they did. They did some stuff as a four piece, and then it kind of their boy band arc. The, out. Yeah. Yeah. And it all stopped, but they carried on doing other stuff. So
1: I bought Jordans solo first solo single the fairground one give it to you i like the way you're looking at me like, like I, I know like, no i i had that single on cd yeah the
0: only one of them whose career who's mid like between boy band career i Don't really paid any I, attention I, I to yes <laughs> oh, i'm gonna give you one guess her <laughs> Wahlberg. yeah yeah the, the pure excitement seeing him in ransom was mm. just unbelievable mm. so that was that. around 94-ish that it all yeah teetered off for them and then reunion was 2008 wow so that was 14 years yeah wow and in,
1: in that time Donny had obviously built himself a really successful acting career yeah because i remember seeing him in the sixth sense and i didn't recognize him
0: yeah and band of brothers as well so the uh, band of brothers was uh, 2000 uh, no filmed in 2000 i think came out in 2001 yeah you're
1: right and the, uh my heart because his character Carward lipton was just the oh he was the best i loved
0: him in that like i loved him in that so much have i talked about my band of brothers issue before no so and don't get me wrong i i know how the story ends i know what happened in the war <laughs> oh you do okay good <laughs> <laughs> i'm not sat here be like so when are the germans coming I, I know how the story ends. I have never seen the end of Band of Brothers because I can't cope with watching him wearing a uniform. It's too exciting <laughs> for me. And I think I've only ever made it up to maybe episode eight or nine and I've been like, have no, I'm out, Have you seen the episode that's about his character? No. Oh, It depends sorry. On what episode number. No, no, I don't think I have. It makes I me cry. I just can't cope. Yeah. And that whole... So when we did Cruise two years ago... And one of the cruise themes mm, was superheroes. Mm. And we, we'd we already had our theme organised already. I'd decided when we got off the boat the year before that next year we're doing a Band of Brothers theme. So yeah. I've had the girls buy in their stuff and I've been making costumes throughout the year. And they came out with one of the themes would be superheroes night. And I was like, that's the one we're choosing. I don't care if you always dreamt of wearing a cape on the on a mm-hmm. Block cruise. This is the one we're choosing. We're doing not all superheroes wear capes. And each of those costumes probably took me to three or four hours maybe slightly more to make some i actually a lot of them i was just putting embellishments on some of them i was was actually making 40 or 50
1: of you wearing them
0: right there was 32 maybe 36 of us that did it
1: guys and girls yeah yeah
0: so that was our band of brothers and the whole point of that was so we all got the hats Mm -hmm. those little garrison caps and i i made one for him i just wanted to see him in the hat again that was it. So all these hours and hours of work. I'm sorry, I manipulated the entire squad mm-hmm. to do in this costume just so I could see Donny Wahlberg in the hat. Put it on for eight seconds.
1: But you got some footage. Good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember where we were going. Yeah. So anyway, I've never seen the end of Band of Brothers because oh, it's, it's amazing. It's just well, if you can't never... cope, I just emotionally, hormonally can't watch him I, I understand because the carwood lipton episode
1: just makes me ball like a baby he's, it's so, being a, shown, he's so, so perfect
0: sidebar right now for mm. anyone in the uk band of brothers is being re-shown on it's a cable channel pick tv mm. it's on every thursday evening so it's it's been they've shown two episodes so far set your dvrs record it it's mm. definitely worth having i got it on dvd I have it on Like I say, I've never gone into the second (laughs) half of the box. It
1: is actually still available on TV slash Sky box sets. But but you can get it for free on pick. (laughs) At this point. No, but it is free if you've got Sky or Now. But I looked yesterday and it expires in 13 days. And by the time this airs it probably will have expired. Oh, sorry, people. So, But, yeah, Pick TV, or you can buy it on Amazon or Netflix or somewhere. It It's so worth it. It's such it's a so good series. It. it is so good. It is she so says, good. having
0: only ever watched half of it. I love it so, so anyway, we anyway, we digress. T- we have. Way too much. Mm-hmm. So, they reunited in 2008, and I really didn't care. I was totally into my guitar band, yeah. indie music at that point. I was working on the Daily Mirror, when they came over to promote doing their first tour over here. Oh. And there was an opportunity. So one of the features writers, she now she's now the chief writer for Fabulous magazine. I've never she, heard of Fabulous magazine. It comes with one of the Sunday papers. She was going to do a feature on, oh, look, my childhood boy band have reunited. What does it feel like to go and meet them? And I was... Oh told i could go down like there was going to be a photo shoot i had to send a photographer down and i could go down on the pretense of oh yeah and i have to make sure my photographer's doing what we needed to do you declined yeah because i wasn't interested and one of my picture editors so one of the guys more seedy than me was obsessed with new kids and had been going to see them every year every time they toured question yeah was he a gay guy no oh right but he just absolutely adored them so he would go and see them every time they were on tour, and I'd be like, Oh, I'm not going to say his name.
1: <laughs> oh, you do make me laugh.
0: Until in, and it would have been 2011 when we made the decision to go because mm. we bought the tickets and we went to see them in 2012. Yeah. Which was the NKOT BSB tour. Yeah. So for me, that the decision to go was yeah, it was nice nostalgia. It's a nice girls' night out for us. I hadn't really hung out with you a lot up until that point. No. Nope and it also fell on the weekend was the anniversary of my brother's death right and i always liked to spend those weekends doing shit mm. where i wouldn't have to think about it yeah so that was a saturday night out i'd go out i'd have some fun we could get a little bit drunk and i wouldn't have to think about all I that i didn't
1: anticipate how drunk i would get that night <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i think that was this was the day that i got i ended up back in wimbledon which is on the same train line as where my car was in in Woking so I could get the train from Wimbledon to Woking and I have a feeling that I threw up into my scarf on the train that day <laughs> the next I day I feel that
0: I contributed to that because every time backstreet boys came on I was like right I'm off to the bar what do mm. you want so you probably drank way more than if it had just been a normal show where yeah. someone wasn't trying normally, to leave I don't every don't normally three drink songs. At gigs,
1: but yeah, that's true. You probably <laughs> did keep going to the bar and bring me beer. But I was quite happy to see the Backstreet Boys because I'd seen them once before, but obviously minus Kevin. But I was like, I
0: I probably knew the Backstreet Boys music better the than new the New Kids, kids music. Yeah. yeah, but I loved that show. I absolutely. Mm. And we didn't have great seats. We were quite central in the arena, but we were up in at uh, the back of the first tier. Yeah, I, well, think. I,
1: I don't think we were up in level four. But yeah, I think we were.
0: Well, oh no, we were definitely first tier, but mm. not near the front. But yeah. it was just an amazing show, and mm. I came away from that show and was like, oh. I still really like them. Mm. Like all that trying to be cool and trying to pretend that boy bands wasn't my thing anymore mm. and I came away from that and it was the f-
1: How did you feel when they broke up in the first place?
0: I was a little bit over them at yeah. that point already.
1: So this is very similar to me with my boy band as well. Yeah. yeah.
0: So it, that would have, 94, 95 I was 2021 20, yeah i was already well into my going to festivals yeah. indie music mm. so yeah i i'd, I'd moved on mm. so i wasn't i wasn't calling the Samaritans when they no. split up but then also didn't care when they got back together again until 2012 and for me that was it hit me i we'd been for a night out it made me feel like i was 15 again and feeling like you're 15 When the shit that's happened between when you were 15 Mm. and when you were 30 is stuff you want to forget and something that can put you in that moment where you're able to forget those things. Bearing in mind the weekend it fell on. Mm. For me, that was such a cathartic moment where I was like, shit. It was really powerful for you, yeah. Like, this can take me back and I don't have to... I can be... Someone is giving me an opportunity and allowing me to forget about... All the problems of being a grown up, yeah, and just be in that moment, and in that moment was probably one of the f- very first times that I'd not, and bear in mind this is nine, ten years after Buster died. Mm. It was one of the first times I'd been able to remember him, but in a joyful way, because it made me remember him taking me to Nuket shows and things that we did. So right. it was. That was it for me. And I came away from that show and we. just don't know where you're going, Elvis. Thank you. He cares not
1: for your story.
0: <laughs> came away from that show and we went back the next night.
1: Oh, did so you? we? Go, yeah. To you the... did. You went to the hotel and everything. Yeah. That's right. You did. You instantly went straight back into your. Complete stalker fan. Girl. fan. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Stalker
0: fans a bit much. But yeah, fangirl yeah. mode. We went back to the show the next night. We got in for free into the show the next night. But we were up on the fourth tier and I managed to pull the. You ever done the O2? I'm pregnant. I can't sit on the fourth tier thing? No. Oh, you go into the O2 and the fourth tier is really high up and it really like gives you vertigo. And they will move. If you go into customer services, they will move you down tiers. And I kept going, I'm sorry, I'm pregnant. I can't cope with being up this high. And eventually got moved down to the floor. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm on video. So it's a night that they filmed. Oh. So I'm on, one of my bingo wings appears, appeared live on TV, (laughs) beams back to the United States. Brilliant, brilliant. And then, so after that, I found out about the cruise, tried to get onto the cruise that year, which was only two months later. Mm.
1: Oh, was it in the summer that year, was it? Yes, it it was in
0: June, I think. Okay. Couldn't get the time off work. Mm. And then, it's the first year they did the Mixtape Festival, which is Hershey Park. Yeah got tickets for that that's the first time i met them again and it just from there it was on
1: did they remember you
0: i don't know Mm.
1: because i know that donnie's seen the pictures of you and him from when he first when they first came over to the uk and he's like oh oh, a friend of mine showed gary a picture of her with him in the 90s the other day (laughs) and he looked at her and he went we've both aged well (laughs) or something like that it was so funny but um but, yeah, oh, that's amazing. And it just kind of snowballed from there, I guess, with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, for me, when take that broke up, like, Robbie left in 95, five? <laughs> 95, I'm going to say. And they carried on as a four-piece. Oh, yeah, because I went to see... It was 95, because I went to see them in Earl's Court doing the sh- the tour right after Robbie had left. And... I was like, this is fine. In denial. This is fine. This is still fine. So it was okay. The Nobody Else tour was not my favourite, but it was fine. It was still take that. It was when Gary ripped his shirt off as they were singing Smiles Like Teen Spirit. Looking back, horrendous. But comedic. I don't know who the hell he thought he was, basically. And I'm sure if he watched that now, he would probably be really embarrassed. (laughs) So... Robbie left a year later They did that press conference Announced they were splitting up I was 17 And I think I was just like you I was kind of a bit over it by then yeah. Oasis was coming out Blur, Pulp All that Britpop stuff was taking over And I was like mm, I think I'm too old and cool To care about a boy band splitting up So I didn't have any of you those You didn't have a Samaritans moment either No, no. absolutely not So it just kind of happened and I just assumed, I was like this is fine because they're just all, like Robbie's doing his own thing, they're just all going to go off and do their own thing. And Gary did and Mark did to an extent and I bought both. I love
0: Mark's solo stuff by the way, I I just want to tell you that. so
1: good. I saw him play at Tea in the
0: Park. Oh I love him so much. I've
1: been to a solo gig of his, not that long ago actually, a few years ago. And pushed my way to the front <laughs> If my Take That T-shirt on like a twat. But I bought both Gary and Robbie's albums and all the press stuff. I just ignored all of that. And then Gary just went away and I was like, whatever, I'm like 20 now, big deal. And then they, then they did the documentary. So they got together in 2005 and did the documentary. And I was always going to watch that because I was like, oh, I'd love to see what they look like now and what they've been doing, etc. So they did the documentary uh, for the record. And I loved it. I loved it. And then they announced after that that they were going back on tour. And I was like, meh. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I was just I was like, like... Yeah, I, like, okay. I 100% know what
0: you mean. Okay, they're going back on tour, whatever. And I remember... for them. But yeah. I hope they have fun. I yeah. hope they have a little bit of success. I hope they're not overshooting their ambitions. And everyone
1: was like, are you going to get tickets for Take That? And I was like, do you know what? I don't think I am. No. And I don't think I was really massively into I don't think I'd really gone to a gig for a really long time at least not a big stadium and I was like "Mm, nah and then the tickets sold out in 15 minutes (laughs) and I went oh maybe I do want to go and I, I I swear to god I must have had FOMO or something because it was literally as simple as that I found out the tickets had sold out instantly and I went oh shit and my friend Susie who I was out for drinks with the other night she had bought tickets and she said do you want to go and I was like yes please so we that was the ultimate tour and they had um, Wembley Stadium wasn't built in time so we had to go to milton Keynes bowl and we went on a fucking sunday and trying to get out of milton Keynes on a sunday night and drive back down the m1 and i had work the next day and it was, oh, it was just, just like, two three
0: hours of queuing at roundabouts yeah <laughs> fucking but anyone that I doesn't know Milken's. milton Keynes is it's basically a square and within that square there's about 50 roundabouts mm-hmm. and in order to get anywhere you have to just go constantly through a roundabout i what do Americans call roundabouts? Think, they call them islands. No, they
1: they call them islands in Birmingham, but I don't they don't have roundabouts in
0: No. So when America. we were on tour not the last year, the year before, I was in the car with my friend Amy, not you, another Amy. <laughs> There's another and Amy and got so overexcited when we came up to a roundabout. Was in like, America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so weird. Did I didn't she know know that. filmed me getting excited,
1: driving round a roundabout. Okay, I don't know what they call them.
0: I'm sure they call them islands. Okay. Well Milton Keynes is a shit heap. Kind of gives a whole new perspective on the song Islands in the Stream. (laughs) (laughs) Weird. (laughs) Sorry. It's okay. Carry on with your lovely story. So
1: we had gone to see at Milton Keynes. It was a boiling hot day. Milton Keynes Bowl is an outdoor arena. And I think we got sunburnt, but it was so amazing. They put on such a massive, massive show. Did all the old songs, no new material at all. Well, there might have been one, one new song. And
0: I was just like, Oh,
1: this is so good. And Where do you feel
0: it from? Like when you get that emotion that came if you can remember that emotion that came back. Yeah. Like for me, it came from, from my gut. gut. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It comes from my gut. And it's just I just get so excited. And yeah, it was fucking brilliant. And then they toured the next year as well with the Beautiful, because they released Beautiful World, the album. And then they did that tour. And I think we went two or three times on that tour. So only
0: minorly obsessive on that tour.
1: Yeah, but the thing is, so the tour after that, again, two years later, so we're now 2009, they did the circus, which a lot of people say is that was their best tour ever. And I was living in Australia and I was on a student salary and I had a ticket. And I was like, can I justify flying home? And do you know what? I didn't. I didn't come Mm. home. And that was one of the things that... And I know that a lot of my friends in Australia who are Take That fans really feel this. And are really feeling it at the moment. Because they're not... They can't see them. And it's so far. And to try and justify coming all this way for Take That. And it's an amazing place to live. But that is
0: you're for them the actually the killer the is that you're half way around yeah, the world from
1: take that that's the sacrifice so yeah and then progress happened which was robbie coming back i didn't really enjoy that tour i couldn't really see. i was at wembley stadium again couldn't really see anything and it was a very good robbie williams concert that's how i felt about <laughs> that and jason you could tell wasn't really into it anymore so then they had a long break because gary was doing x-factor so there was a four year break where we got nothing. Shit. But Gary was on the telly. And all during the time. that break,
0: did you feel that. Were you questioning whether or not they'd ever be more take that stuff? I think or they so. just I think so. got over it? I think I think everyone was like, is it going to happen? Isn't it going to happen? But. So where are we up to now, time wise? So 20... reunion was 2006,
1: wasn't it? Re- so the documentary was 2005. The reunion tour. The Ultimate Tour was 2006. Beautiful World was 2007. Circus was 2009. Progress was 2011. See how I've switched from 2000 to 20 there with my years. And then Gary was on X Factor during Progress. And he stayed on X Factor until... They announced... They announced in twenty end of 2014... That Jason had left and they were continuing as a three, and that they had an album coming out. Okay. So we got that was an announcement was the end of twenty fourteen, but they didn't tour until the summer of twenty fifteen. So
0: we had okay, four so years. Yes, yeah, a big chunk. Mm.
1: And I don't think I think because Gary had been on the telly so much, and we'd been to see Mark's solo stuff, and we'd never really kind of. I mean, yeah, sure, it's four years, but we just kind of went. It's going to. It you will assumed happen. that it
0: would naturally continue. Yeah. Yeah
1: and and yeah it was gutting that jason left but um everyone was a bit and i know that the three guys in take that were worried that people were not going to respond well because now they'd lost two members and so they didn't do stadiums they went back to arenas mm. i think they were worried about yeah. ticket sales but they just it just sold out and they just had to keep adding more and more and more dates they had these like dates up their <laughs> sleeves and which is classic take that and that tour I think that is the tour that really made me... I I was already a massive Take That fan. I already really, really loved Take That. But that tour sent me into a different stratosphere. Mm. So the the reunion was 2006, but the kind of evolution of Take That as a band really got massive for me in 2015. Yeah.
0: And I don't think losing Jason's really damaged them. They're, they're
1: a different band now, and it's much more equal between the three of them. They all three sing leads, and it just works really well. Yeah. Everyone misses Jason, of course, but. It works with the three of them really, and our really boy well. Boy
0: band reunions, there's possibly. I mean, do we count the Backstreet Boys as a reunion? Kevin left and mm. then came back. They didn't really stop, did they? Mm. They had what they called a hiatus where yeah. they took some time off. They, they never, were never announced a like, split. And then a reunion. Yeah. So we're not counting that. Okay, good. Just yeah. sort of establish that. So, <laughs> success wise, chart wise, and, and take that, it's really UK, Europe centric. Yes. They yeah. don't have. The US market, but the same in reverse of my boy band. They, they did some tours over here, mm. but it wasn't, you know. They there's, eventually...
1: there's pockets of Take That fans. So there's obviously Australia and New Zealand yeah. where they went in 2017. Oh, I switched back. 2017. And then there's <laughs> always Japanese fans, Brazilian fans at the gigs, begging them to come to their countries yeah, with the flag. Yeah, it's the same you for always new kids. see that. But Whenever yeah. they
0: do a town hall, so they sometimes do these town hall things, which is where they, in a room, and fans put their hands up and ask a question, 90% of the questions are always, when are you going to come back to Brazil? When are you going to do a tour in Chile? And it's kind of like, calm the fuck down. Like, can we ask them a more valuable <laughs> yeah, question? Yeah. Stop wasting my time. Although well, that's when a lot of the UK fans fell out with new kids, because they did a town hall in the on the cruise... I want to say 2014-ish. Mm. No, that was the tour. So, 20... I will figure out the date. They did a town hall on the cruise and someone said, when are you going to come back to tour in the UK? And Jordan's response was along the lines of, why the fuck would we? We don't make any money over there. Oh, thanks, Jordan. Which is... And people got offended by that. The way just he said is... it, Yeah, yeah. And the attitude of like, but actually, you've got fans there, and it's kind of like, it really doesn't it doesn't make sense then to if it's not yeah. there's five of them plus an entire tour crew. Yeah, if they're not making if it's, it's not financially it viable, so, yeah. what's the point? Yeah, so I, I get it, but then I'm in a very fortunate position mm. that I have the flexibility of income to be able to be like. Well, I know they're going to tour the US every two years, yeah. so I can save up and go out and do that, yeah. and I can go and do cruise every year. So I I know I'm a lot more fortunate than other New Kids fans over here mm. who are watching the reunion from afar. Yes. They're seeing how successful they are. They're doing all this TV stuff in the States, releasing all this music, and there's an expectation that they'll still support them, they'll still buy the music, but then deep in their hearts they must wonder if they're ever going to see their boy band again yeah which is why all the craziness are surrounding if donnie's coming into open warburgers mm. london because people are like Expert i might not see, see a show yeah. but i might one more time get to see a new kid
1: yeah oh it's sad to be so far away from your boy band yeah
0: it's why i can empathize a lot also with the australian take that fans, mm. also the australian new kids fans who again Mm. don't get anything
1: no they haven't had them
0: over there since the same year we did bsb nkotb 2012 Mm. that's the last time australia had new kids
1: they get backstreet boys though this year backstreet boys i think it's this year it might be next year no it's this year i'm I'm certain it's this year so that's exciting for them and they got take that in 2017 (laughs) so you new kids fans in australia and new zealand (laughs) Piped
0: out. <laughs> <laughs> so that's reunions that's how yeah. our reunions work I or think other boy bands you really really do want to reunite I'd, I'd like to see E17 back as E17 I know we went down to Gloucester mm. and we saw E17 but it was generally it was Terry yeah who's, who's I think using the, thing the is, name with... and I think that they've a potential and I know it's not going to happen for them they don't even talk anymore and Brian is very unwell with his mental health
1: Oh, isn't it coming up to Baked Potato Day?
0: Oh yeah, end of the month. I, everyone get your potatoes, get get down to your local supermarket and order in the biggest baked potato you can find because the 31st of May is Fangirl Baked Potato Day.
1: The thing is as well is that Tony Mortimer doesn't want to be involved. He's not interested and him and Brian don't get on.
0: Yeah, Their last but reunion but they think... ended up in a physical fight if they were back as a four, that they have the potential, not to be as big as take that, but to be doing those bigger venues again. Mm. The big venues like the Boys Are Back tour is doing. Now that's yeah. worked so well because you're getting four, four bands. Four boy bands, yeah. So I think that would be my, and Jay back in five would oh, be a great reunion that, for I don't me. think that'll happen either. No, but shame. those are my dream boy band reunions. Yeah, oh, okay. E17, mm-hmm. Jay back in five. Have you got any that haven't that you would like to
1: i think my big one
0: was in sync it's gonna happen that is already we have every faith in you guys
1: (laughs) that is already on the card now we're mates with
0: both joe and and lance it's gonna happen for us
1: joe for tone joey oh yeah i love joey for tone I saw some bastard online the other day going, "How the fuck did Joey Fatone get into a, b- a boy band?" and I was like, "You leave Joey Fatone alone.
0: I think we should definitely start up a massive boy band defense league." Mm. Where we just go out of our way to defend anyone criticizing a member the, of a boy BBDL. band. The BBDL. But the only thing is it sounds
1: a bit too similar to the EDL, <laughs> which we have absolutely no affiliation with. Thank yes, you. But we definitely we're going to need a flag.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna go off and create a flag that's it's happening now so that's us yatting on about reunions and um, our, our our experience of reunions as well yeah write in and tell us how reunion because it's a very different emotional experience for everyone and why you keep going is also a different reason like i have this i've done the jerry springer story that everyone has a jerry springer in them i think everyone has a deeply meaningful story about why they're back doing boy bands yeah, now. yeah 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 and for them it means something different emotionally it's the place it puts them in what it reminds them of the nostalgia so mm. to, when not for everyone that goes to a show but for people that found girls to the extent that we do there's yeah. a deep-seated reason for why they do it and, and and what reward they get from doing it yes just makes fact, that's so gonna be happy. my questions on tour i think yeah so why are you here I've yeah. Elvis is having a good old shake Why so are you here Elvis? Because you want me to open the door for some air
1: <laughs> No I think he wants to get back up to sit down again We're going to take a break And come back in a moment With this week's boy band Who I don't know who it is Yeah
0: boy band of the week
1: See you in a bit Very good And we're back
0: are we back no we are back yeah i'm just worried that i'm heavy breathing we're drinking tea yeah so sorry for tea noises we'll try and cut them all out well when i say we amy
1: yeah tea noises are gross (laughs) (laughs) but we can't do this without
0: tea so. I can't do this without tea, and no. I feel that since I came into your life mm. you're drinking far more tea than before
1: um i- do, I do drink quite a lot of tea I never used to in the last year I've drunk so much fucking tea. I love tea
0: i working at the Daily Mail oh really they just i've never worked people that drink as much tea as they do. Mm was a R- ridiculous level of tea consumption was it
1: time wasting a time wasting activity you don't going waste to make tea. Tea. <laughs> no there wasn't
0: didn't really have a lot of time to waste there it was mm. always so busy okay so, boy band of the week Boys so i've taken a new approach week. this week a i'm not telling you who i'm doing i want you to try and guess at okay. some point oh God. but also i've written it to see how far i can get into the story before i have to tell you what they're called Okay. Can I
1: ask one quick question? Yes. Are they American?
0: You will find that out within the first okay. sentence of the boy band. They're story. American.
1: I'm never going to get this. <laughs> Ready?
0: You settled? You settled, Elvis? Yes. I'm
1: time for it's time for Jack and Ori story time. My neighbours have just come back in, so excuse the banging from upstairs. Zoe, please go ahead.
0: Often perceived as England's answer to the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and other American pop groups. This boy band differentiated themselves by playing their own instruments and writing the bulk of their own music.
1: Okay, this is going to be busted. No. no. <laughs> the trio <gasps> met in
0: 1996 at an audition for a promoter seeking to form a vocal harmony group or, as those of us with the scientific backing would say, a boy band. Each of our three subjects advanced to the final part of the selection process, but the promoter lacked the financial support to take the project any further. Christian Burns said the guys who put the auditions together weren't serious. They were just thinking about doing something, but they didn't have any money. Who's he? Christian Burns? Don't know. He's a member of the boy band.
1: Oh. 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 <laughs>
0: Following their audition for the Aborted Boy Band, our three boys kept repeatedly bumping into each other by accident as they all frequented the same nightclubs and music ven- venues in Manchester and Liverpool. Is it A1? No.
1: Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I know they're not a trio, but I thought, you know, maybe they started off that way.
0: Christian Burns was born in 1974 in Liverpool. I don't want to say how bad... No, so I was writing this up in bed this morning. I did it at work yesterday, yeah. got home from work at two. And was tidying up this morning. So I written: Christian Burns, in fact, Kirsten Burns <laughs> was born in 1974 in Liverpool, <laughs> <laughs> As some people call it. Uh, he was the son of Tony Burns, a member of a Liverpool band called The Sign, who often played as an opening act for the Beatles at the Cavern. Tony and his wife, Innes, chose Wigan as the place in England that they wanted to raise their three children. Why wouldn't you? I mean, beautiful, beautiful
1: (laughs) part of the country.
0: And their son, Christian, grew up influenced by the sounds of the Beatles, Earlo and the Bee Gees, and American acts such as the Eagles, Hall of Notes and Stevie Wonder. Christian began writing songs when he was eight, and as a teenager he performed in bands while working a day job as a salesperson. He and this is a quote. He had picked up a guitar at the age of fourteen and never put it down. I'm just going to say that's going to be fairly awkward. like when you're a salesperson if you've got this guitar just stuck there the whole time. I mean, and you unless can't he's down, selling guitars, <laughs> right? It's going to be super awkward. Would like to buy these double glazed windows? No, no, don't worry about the guitar.
1: Ignore the guitar. Pay no attention <laughs> to this.
0: Mark Barry was born in 1978 in Manchester. Again, typo. Manchester. <laughs> <laughs> And prior to auditioning to the prematurely defunct boy band, he'd trained as a fireman. So he's fit. <laughs> I love how you just make that assumption. <laughs> growing up he came growing up he became adept at playing the bagpipes.
1: Wow. Just the
0: world's most annoying neighbour. Ah, uh, yeah,
1: yes. <laughs> But it, they're really fucking hard to play, the bagpipes.
0: Is it a lot of puff involved? I think, well, I don't know. It's the because you blow into the bag. But you have the... to fill the bag up with air. Mm. And then you, that's, you push it with your arm for mm-hmm. the music to come out. But you have to keep refilling it with air. Correct, yeah. So there's a lot of puff involved. It's like a didgeridoo. It's basically a, a recorder with a bag of puff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, He'd even won four national championships for his bag blowing by the time he was 17. (laughs) His bag blowing? Yeah, that's what I called it. (laughs) I'm allowed to say that I lived in Glasgow for long enough to be able to be cynical about the... the... To be
1: dismissive of bagpipe playing. Okay.
0: He was into Motown and the Jackson 5 and emulated the vocal style of Michael Jackson.
1: Who the fuck is this? <laughs> okay.
0: Stee McNally was also born in 1978. Ste In Liverpool. S-T-E. Stephen. Oh, he's Stee. from Liverpool. Stee. Scouser. Stee? Stee? All right, Stee. I knew a Scouser called Stee for a while. <laughs> I think oh, they are yeah. all called Stee. He began playing the guitar when he was 14. His father was a former boxer and he'd exposed him to the soul and pop groups of Motown. His brother Tommy played in Pink Floyd and the Doors and Hendrix and his other brother Michael played the Eagles, Beatles and the Bee Gees. Can I just say again, those poor fucking neighbours?
1: Uh, yes.
0: He joined his first band as a guitarist when he was 15, but often took a turn playing drums and bass guitar in a band that did Guns N' Roses covers. He worked as a cleaner at a local gymnasium. You there yet? Uh-uh. <laughs> the three began jamming together and realised they shared a musical chemistry that was a bit unique. So each of them quit his respective band and they began sitting around in one another's bedrooms and writing songs together.
1: It's a three-piece.
0: Their name came from an amalgamation of their surnames. B for Barry, B for Burns, and Mac for McNally. Oh, B. And B. so B.B. Mac. Mac were born. B.B. Mac. I've known nothing about this band. Okay. Now, the reason I've picked B.B. Mac was because we've done a lot of boy bands where American boy bands have been sent over to Europe mm-hmm. to hone their talents, mm-hmm. and we've embraced them and they've become huge. Well, B.B. Max is the reverse story. Okay. We didn't want them over here, and no. they made it in America. We clearly didn't want them. I don't even know anything about them. <laughs> <laughs> During songwriting, they developed the craft of three-part harmonies, which would eventually become their musical trademark. They set about recording four of these songs for a demo, which was funded by their parents, and they took the first two songs they finished, called Again and Love is Leaving, and burned them onto a CD and headed down to London with the intention of butt-kissing record companies until they got someone's attention. While sleeping on the floor of a friend's house at night, they would spend their days visiting record companies. The trio eventually returned to Liverpool without securing a contract, but having garnered a lot of attention, they set up an acoustic showcase in Liverpool. Every single major label came up for the showcase and included some who'd flown in from America, Mark said in their unofficial biography, in the next couple of days the phone was ringing and the record labels started putting offers on the table. They received six offers and the labels entered a bit of a bidding war for them but with the promise to allow them to retain some creative control, Telstar won the battle and our three heroes set about adding more songs to their catalogue.
1: Telstar were the um, record label of the last boy band I did.
0: Oh, which was, I don't know, who the fuck did I do? Episode 14? No, episode 14 was my boy band. No,
1: episode 15 was your boy band.
0: PJ and Duncan was 14. PJ and Duncan,
1: there you go. That's who <laughs> tells us Oh my God. We are not paying
0: attention to our own podcast, promise. So hard. Uh, they flew out to Los Angeles and there they met a producer called Oliver Lieber and he helped the band find what would be their true sound. So I've got a picture of them in front of me now and I recognise them, yep. Uh, The contract they had with Telstar licensed their recordings to a company called JVC in Japan Mm -hmm. and Hollywood Records in the States. And that Hollywood Records is a division of the Disney Corporation. They released their first single called Back Here in the UK in August 1999. Mm -hmm. And it reaches number 37 on the charts. It's followed up by an album called Sooner or Later, which kind of fell on deaf ears, as did their follow-up single, which was called Still On Your Side. And it was starting to look like they were kind of going nowhere. Mm. But. Sorry, I'm getting a bit breathless. and talking so much. <laughs> Sorry, I'm out of breath. <laughs> Cut what that. All this talking is <laughs> puffing me out. But radio stations in Japan had got hold of a single back here. And it began receiving really heavy airplay out there. And they flew to Japan for a month of promotion. So it's like you're saying when you talk about Take That, they have like these nuggets of Mm. fans. Japan always seems to come up as Mm. places that bands that aren't doing very well will suddenly become massively popular. I wonder what the culturally why that is. Yeah,
1: I wonder. They love a boy band. They they do love a boy band. They just love them.
0: Uh, They flew to Japan for a month promotion. When they returned to the UK, their manager told them that Back Here, the single, was now a chart-topping hit in five countries. It was number one in Japan, Thailand, Singapore, Hong Kong and Malaysia. And by the winter of 99, the album, sooner or later, was also released in Asia and they were a massive hit. Wow. As we move into 2000, so we're crossing over the millennium, the Asian version of the album, sooner or later, is is remastered and ready to release to the American market. The original plan for them had been that they would be successful in the UK and then they'd go out to the US and then they'd attack Asia. Uh But things had now gone in reverse for them. BB Mac were the type of act perfectly suited for Hollywood Records, owned by Disney. They're young, they're Uh fresh-faced and the group became the label's biggest breakthrough act in 2000. And this was in a climate where UK bands really didn't make the US top 20 at all. Mm. And B.B. Matt were about to break the pattern. Wow. To coincide with the release of Sooner or Later in the States, they scheduled special shows in April of 2000 at both Disneyland and Disney World. You know, because they hadn't in. (laughs) (laughs) And luckily for them, they also managed to secure a a Disney in-concert special at Epcot, which would be broadcast nationwide.
1: We know how successful those Disney specials are.
0: Right? Mm -hmm. In spring, they landed an opening slot on tour for Britney Spears. And in May, they toured for six weeks as the support band to rival boy band NSYNC. Right. In June, they appear on ABC's television's second Walt Disney World Summer Jam concert. Wonder how they got that gig.
1: Yeah, that well-known, world-famous... Well, Summer
0: no. jam. The Summer Jam concert also featured Christina Aguilera, Enrique Iglesias, Destiny's Child. So it's quite, it's quite a big of show. of the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so it's, it's no surprise that by July, the single back here had reached number 13 on the US charts. And it also reached number one on the US adult contemporary charts, oh. where it remained for 11 weeks. Okay. So they've made that crossover. They're being marketed to... teens teens, they're a Disney product but there's also consciously crossing them over into Mm. a more grown up market and much more successfully Mm. Um, similarly their album Sooner or Later reached number 38 in the US charts in August in November they appear on the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade and this was to be followed up with an appearance on MTV Live from Times Square on New Year's Eve they almost had to cancel the gig because on New Year's Eve that year, massive snowstorms closed down all the airports and they couldn't get there. They gradually, one by one, arrived in New York and with 20 minutes to go for the show, MTV has said, we're cancelling you. And the last one of them arrived with 20 minutes to spare. And they go on MTV Live, New Year's Eve, blanket coverage across the US to the MTV generation. (laughs) Uh, At the end of that year, Billboard magazine noted that back here was the top US single recorded by a UK act in 2000. And the album, sooner or later, became the sixth top-selling album in the US by a UK act. Wow.
1: That Of all time, or of the year? Of the year. Right.
0: That The significance of that was that they outsold other really successful British artists in the States, including Eric Clapton, wow. Led Zeppelin, and Radiohead. Wow. BB Mac, who right? are <laughs> you? So for 2001, the band tried to juggle keeping their US success bubbling along whilst again trying back home to see if they could be successful in the UK. Uh-huh. Their second single, Still On Your Side, reaches number 54 in the US charts in January. The same single, Still On Your Side, is released later in the UK and reaches number 8 in May 2001. Okay. And they follow it up with the, release of the, the re-release in the UK of albums sooner or later and that gets to number 16 in June.
1: Now I'm starting to understand why I didn't know anything about them because I wasn't in the UK at that time. <laughs> I was living in Australia. Yeah, is that your excuse, at that time. okay? Yeah, so I was backpacking Australia, so I wouldn't, I would have missed that completely.
0: In July, they had a track which featured on the soundtrack for a film called The Princess Diaries. Oh, so I'm guessing that they just have an in, an in at Disney, Disney somehow. Yeah, yeah. Not a Disney film. <laughs> and they also covered a song called "Do You Believe in Magic?" For Do you believe in magic? Is that it? Yeah, it must be for Disney's Peter Pan sequel. <laughs> oh,
1: maybe it's not then. I don't know.
0: <laughs> In October, Christian's vocals are featured on a track accompanying NSYNC's Lance Bass and Joey Fatone. Our mates, Mandy Moore, and a band called True Vibe, who must be a boy band, they sound boy bandish. Okay. On a single called "On the Line," which went with a Disney film of the same name. Oh.
1: I I think I know that film but I don't yeah I'm sure I've seen a Mandy Moore film that has got Lance Bass in maybe it's that I thought it was called something else but yeah. yeah
0: but this whole story this Disney in and putting them in films on soundtracks reminded me very much of of how Jonas, Jonas works yeah that they weren't being massively successful but Disney kept ploughing away yeah. with a track on this film a track on that yeah. film and just to keep them in people's consciousness yes In 2002, they scheduled release of their second album, which is called Into Your Head, and the label general manager, speaking to Billboard magazine, said, BB Mac is the hottest thing from Disney since Steamboat Willie. Oh. We knew we had to- What?
1: what, what?
0: (laughs) Steamboat Willie was one of, I'm sure Steamboat Willie's the very first ever Mickey Mouse film. Okay. I'm positive. Okay. We knew we had to appeal to previous fans, but we also needed to reach those who liked just the music but weren't previously marketed to. Mm. So we put together a comprehensive campaign to reach all three audiences, the teens, 14 to 17-year-olds, the MTV generation, which was 17 to 24, and the hot American contemporary, which is 24 and overs. We want this to be an event record for all fans of rock and pop music. Okay. With a long run up peppered with touring and promotion, the single "Out of My Heart" gets released to the U.S. in September. It reaches number fifty-six, oh. and the album "Into Your Head" reaches number twenty-five. So, they've had a lot of marketing. They've had a huge run of promotion. It doesn't storm the charts. They're not. Mm. They're not being fucking huge. Yeah. The single's also released in the U.K. and in November two thousand and two, it reaches thirty-six. It wasn't the massive chart hit the record company had expected them to be and 2002 didn't end on a high note for B.B. Mac. They take another single from the album called Staring Into Space which was released in 2003 and it didn't chart anywhere. Oh dear. And this is a contributing factor in the split up of B.B. Mac which happened later on in 2003. Okay. Christian Burns and Steve McNally remained working in the music industry and mark barry went on to become a personal trainer
1: oh was he the fireman
0: oh do you want me to scroll back up <laughs> yeah well i know which one went into the personal training the one that i called fit
1: <laughs> i bet hold it's on. a fireman i bet it is
0: hold on hold on hold on <laughs> i can't find the word fireman <laughs> Um, mark barry fireman yeah. yeah there we go sorry for that delay in proceedings amy has questions <laughs> i
1: did i had a question <laughs> uh
0: so yes yeah, so they split up in 2003 stay in music personal trainer in april 2018 mm-hmm. after almost 15 years time in which they'd all remained in touch with each other they started recording together again and posted a video <laughs> A video? And posted video to social media of the three of them jamming back here together and the clip goes viral and this sparks a reunion. What? In November 2018, they played gigs at the Cavern Club in Liverpool, the Gramercy in New York, the House of Blues in Chicago and the Belasco Theatre in LA. These gigs all leading up to the announcement of a full US tour in 2019. Are you fucking joking? Christian Burns tells People magazine, back in the day we were like brothers and we're dear, dear friends still to this day because we've stayed in touch. We've seen some of the other bands come back and having a good time performing and we missed it. Speaking about the single back here, the one that all people remember them for, Christian says, Billboard put us as one of the top 10 boys band songs of all time. Now I want to discuss this. mm because i don't remember it neither do I, I don't know if we can put it i in don't chance. even remember them <laughs> <laughs> in december 2018 they launched a pledge music campaign to fund the recording and distribution of a new album they announced a full u.s tour the album oh so the pledge music campaign was fans could pledge money mm. pre-order the album and get their hands on other exclusive items like handwritten lyric sheets, mm. signed Polaroids, and also the new album. I've seen a couple of other artists, more indie artists do this. Okay, yeah. That It's it's kind of like our Patreon. Crowdfunded. You, you, yeah, you yeah. offer levels of incentives and yeah. people will be like, oh, I'll pay $50 for this. But it funded an album and that album was scheduled for release on Friday, April the 26th. So a week ago today.
1: Did it come out then?
0: I can't find any... I actually intended to go on to iTunes before I arrived today to see if it was able for uh, available for pre-purchase, mm-hmm. but I couldn't see it. But that's why I chose BB because when I was Googling boy bands and yes. what's happening with boy bands right now. That came up as what's oh. happening this week in boy band land. So we
1: didn't get them back together. They got themselves back right? together. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: we can claim it if the album's not out yet. We're totally claiming it. <laughs> I'm going to open up iTunes now and see what what's happening in BB Mac. Wow. Band. I literally had no idea. I was aware of the name BB Mac. If you'd played me their oh, record yeah. I wouldn't have been able no. to go, Oh that's BB Mac I've seen their and they name pop definitely up in those lists we've looked at. Yeah. But no. And their pocket of success, so from two thousand ish to two thousand and three ish. I was living up in Scotland mm. and totally not interested in boy bands at all. Mm. So, but it was interesting to to see that the reverse of that story, yeah, where we were, we had Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and Take Five and US Five were all sent over here mm. to hone their talents and into the market that loves boy bands, yeah. That for BB B. Mac, the UK didn't really embrace them at all, <laughs> we were like, and they had go to go. Away. <laughs> yeah. But I'm wondering if that's the instrument thing. Yeah, like, maybe say because let, mm-hmm. let Loose are the same, a three piece that played their own instruments. And had a little bit of success. Oh, I had over great here, but, tunes let loose, but but were never really successful. I wonder if it was just some
1: yeah, I don't some know some level
0: of comprehension where we can't accept a boy band playing instruments. But
1: we can accept a boy band playing We nation. can.
0: You and I can.
1: <laughs> no, but the country can. I suppose it's actually because you
0: Boston roll back to... Buster Span- That's and- after this, but Spandau and Duran Duran, who some don't consider a boy band because they played instruments, were absolutely boy bands. Yeah. They appeal to that massive teen market.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's weird. Maybe it was, ju- I mean, it's all timing, isn't it? I think it was smart of them to go, oh, we're doing well in Japan, let's go there. Yeah. I mean, that was the right thing to, to do. Send yourself out for a month, yeah. with it being
0: embraced, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm calling up BB Mac on iTunes. I don't see a new album. It's only got the two old albums. Wow. Well. We'll keep you posted, guys. Yeah. If Watch there's this space. yeah, if there's an album to buy, I will try and contact them on. So they're all over social media. They're on Facebook, so super can't get in touch and say, "Dude, when's your album's out?"
1: Yeah, can we get a preview?
0: Yeah, can we play it on the podcast?
1: <laughs> we we were such <laughs> massive fans
0: back in the day. Can we get a preview? <laughs> we can't name which one of you's which, but we know the one with the big muscles is called Mark, and the blonde one I recognise. And so, well, so that was BB Mac. I am gonna. We'll do the scores. Have Amy help me with the scoring for their looks their muscles the what are we going to add a new category that you get extra points if one of you used to be a fireman absolutely not (laughs) (laughs) we'll be back after this
1: so tell me Zoe where do these boys
0: fall you want the science Amy I know everyone's just here for the science. We could do with e. We could even just cut out the boy band story shit and just do the science each week. Have you got an equation? I have a spreadsheet with set in <laughs> equations there already. So I, can't, I actually do. No, I close. fucking do. Yeah, it's close. So they score average for their. UK chart positions and also the US chart positions. Mm -hmm. They really didn't have, they had one very big single, but only, it was number one, adult contemporary. It wasn't that huge on the chart that we use, which is the Billboard Top 100. Mm -hmm. They were together for six years. They have been reformed for one style points he was into yeah average ish one of them which we assume is the scouser wore a lot of adidas (laughs) sorry if that's a little bit racist it's not racist i love a scouser me i do you see how i remain silent <laughs> <laughs> they get points because they all played instruments we had a long discussion about whether or not they'd get extra points for being able to play the bagpipes but i said no because they didn't utilize that skill in the band <laughs> <laughs> okay mm-hmm. they get high points because they wrote their own songs mm. and they don't score very well on their post-boy band career because they didn't really do anything that made waves anywhere else no. other than in the world of personal training and and muscle
1: but we don't know if he was any good at that right oh so. well, he was
0: you look at pictures of him He was quite muscly like he was very good at, at giving himself muscles i don't know if he gave anyone else perhaps when we speak to them we can ask him to set us up a uh hmm. we can have him do a boy band workout routine for us
1: i mean i'm not in that i'm not i'm not interested but if you want to go ahead please go ahead are you just going to watch it or are you going to participate
0: Oh, that's a question that oh, you need to ask me when I'm drunk. I'm not participating in any <laughs> kind of workout. <laughs> so, the boy band ultimate top 10. Oh, am I going reverse yeah, again? Yeah, we're reverse. just doing it like Gary Davies every week. Excellent. Who? Gary Davies used to host Top of the Pops. Oh, right. Well, my initial thought was to go Jimmy Sandler, but no, then I thought, no. no. <laughs> Bruno Brooks? At number 10. Oh, Bruno Brooks. Mm-hmm. Is there ever a woman that presented Top of the Pops?
1: Yeah, Fern Cotton in later years. <laughs> not the same okay. number 10
0: big fun Janice Long I love Janice Long that's my mum's actual name <laughs> Janice Long the one that Keith Jagwin's sister Maggie Philbin thank you number 9 LFO who was 10 sorry I missed it big fun <laughs> big fun number 9 LFO. LFO number 8 last week's boy band of the week EYC yeah, yeah. number 7 BB Mac Ooh. staying strong at number 6 human nature Number five, PJ and Duncan. Number four is Bros. Number three is five. I can't wait for the charts to go. <laughs> so that I, it's, number five is five. Number five is five. Because I can do five at five. Yeah. Number two is the Jonas Brothers and remaining strong. At number one for the 872nd week is the Bay Here's City, City Rollers. Yes.
1: We both did an accent for that without, <laughs> without agreeing it yeah
0: good so that's how the charts are looking i will post up my little fancy chart on the social media this week don't forget we are on instagram at i'm with the boy band come and play with us
1: twitter the boy band pod
0: we're on facebook just search for i'm with the boy band come and join the discussions or you
1: can email us at the boy band pod at gmail.com
0: subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcast subscription is free it's just a matter of getting it swinging into your inbox every friday and it's the best way to find out when your boy band is going to feature on the ultimate boy band chart
1: and if you would like to support us sponsor us on patreon at patreon.com forward slash we're so grateful to everyone who is supporting us and sponsoring us and the lowest tier is two dollars a month two dollars a month so come join us
0: we're not here next week yeah we're taking a little bit of time off the tour we're both away we tried to fit in like cramming doing you a little episode for while we were away but we didn't think we should half-ass it and give you a an episode we'd not research properly and just all chat so we will be back next week may the 17th to chat to you all about what we've been up to on our tour
1: yeah we will uh, we'll try and drop in mini-sodes if we can, but we just can't We can't guarantee that that'll happen
0: because you know what tour life is like. And we're on different continents, so it's <laughs> yeah, gonna, it'll have it's to be tricky. done by phone and with time zones and shit like that, but we'll, it'll come as a surprise to you when it happens.
1: Okay, so thanks for listening. Bye.
0: Our theme tune
1: is Dance With You by Fire and Lights from the Songs About a Girl trilogy by Chris Russell. Visit songsaboutagirl.com.
0: Thanks this week. Go to the extensive archives again of Billboard Magazine, which is on Google Books. Also to People Magazine and to Entertainment Tonight Online, etonline.com for interviews that I found with BB Mack. Oh.